You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. Good morning. If you don't know who I am, my name is Daryl. I am the, the associate uh, pastor here at Day 3. And uh, I'm normally not in this room. Uh, I'm usually upstairs. I'll keep talking and they'll just that. <laughs> I want to uh, share something with you that uh, you may not be aware of. If you follow my wife on Facebook, you, I know you're aware of this. Uh, we are now grandparents. And uh, our grandson, Elliot, was born uh, four weeks ago this coming Wednesday. Uh, yeah, it's all good because I'm not the one being kept awake at night. <laughs> uh, talked with Adam last night, and he said, I said, how's Elliot? And he said, well, he's not slept good the last two nights. And I said, good for him. And uh, bad for you, but good for him. And so uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate uh, God blessing our lives with Elliot. And uh, we haven't got to uh, actually put our hands on him yet that will come in june when we fly out to portland in june mid-june and uh, spend a week out there with uh, with adam and megan and elliot so we're looking forward to that um, if you want a, look, a picture of uh, get to see what elliot looks like go to my wife's facebook page that's all you'll see you know which is which is which is cool for a grandmother of those of you who are grandmas and uh but uh we're so thankful for elliot and uh just want to give you an update about that I'm excited to be down here today, uh, uh, excited to, to, to share some things that, that God's laid on my heart. I'm excited to share some, something, that, something that I'm really passionate about, and that is our service to God. Um, you know, service to God is not just a, uh, it, takes on, it has many forms, if you will. And I want to focus on a certain form of that today, uh, as our service to God is, is really, uh, in all honesty, a, a form of service excuse me, a form of worship to God. Last week, Pastor Lynn began our series, uh, this series that we, uh, that we, our series we're currently in called Real Worship, last week talking about the attitude of worship. And today, I'm going to share about the activity of worship. And when I hear the word activity, I think of uh, of action. I think of movement. I think activity requires me actually moving my feet, moving my hands. It is, activity does not mean sitting down or sitting still, remaining motionless. Activity, in my opinion, means to move, requires action. So today, when I, when I say the word activity, when I refer to activity today, I'm basically speaking of our service to God. I'm talking about being a servant. I'm talking about serving in the church specifically serving at day three church today okay i'm not specifically talking about big church you know church universal as much as i am talking about the local church okay and that is where you find yourself today is in a local church well i realize you know you and i are only here for a short period of time every week you know out of all your hours every week you're only here for a short period of time uh, each week I know our time there's much more of our time spent outside of the church so we have many more opportunities we find ourselves in many more different environments we find ourselves around many more different people than we encounter here 
in the short period of time we're here on a Sunday. So I recognize all that. But I know this as well. God says his church is a city on a hill. Just like Nicole sang about. It isn't your workplace. It isn't your home. It is the church is a city on a hill. Now, what, what's about a city on a hill? What's the big deal about a city on a hill? Well, a city on a hill has lots. And you see that city up on the hill because it is elevated. It stands out. It's recognizable. Wow. I just described you and I as believers. We are to stand out. We are to be recognizable. People are to see us as a city on a hill, as children of the light. So we're going to talk today about serving. So mainly I will be speaking to anyone in this room today who is a believer, number one. I will be speaking to folks in the room today who call day three home. If you are a guest today, if this is your first time with us today, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, if, you're, if you're a first-time guest and this is your first time here today and you're a believer, this message applies to you, okay? If you are, if, if you are a regular attender slash member of Day 3 Church, this really, really applies to you today. So I, I pray that you don't turn me off and that you will listen and, uh, and uh, just follow with me today. So we're going to talk about some things that the Lord brought to my mind this week when, that involves the activity of worship. The activity of worship. Let's look at number one. I believe in the activity of worship. There, it's really important to, number one, think about the participant in the activity of worship. The participant. All of us participate in different things in life. We participate in our work. We participate in hobbies. We participate in uh, uh, clubs. We participate in uh, things. We in come November, many of you, I hope all of you, will participate in the election. We participate in many things in life, but there's only certain people who can participate in the activity of worship. Let's look at these verses from Ephesians. For it is by grace, you. You. Okay. Well, let's stop right here for a second. The person speaking here is Paul. He's writing to the church at Ephesus. That's why it's called Ephesians. He's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's talking. If, if he's talking to a church, that means he's talking to believers. Okay? So, for it is by grace you, the believers, have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Not by works. Your salvation, Paul is saying, is not by something you did yourself. You can't, you can't save yourself, okay? There's nothing you can do. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we, who? Who's we? Again, he's talking to the believers. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. The participants in the activity of worship are Christ followers, okay? Are believers, are people who say that they are followers of Christ. Someone who is not a Christian, I want you to hear this, someone who is not a Christian cannot go to the local soup kitchen and serve there. 
Someone who is not a Christian cannot go to the South Caldwell Christian Ministries and sort clothes and food. Someone who is not a Christian cannot go on a mission trip to Africa or Guatemala and call their services, all those things, cannot call their services an act of worship. You want to know why? A Christian, excuse me, a non-Christian, they can't worship somebody they don't know. So if I go to South Carolina Christian Ministries tomorrow and sort clothes, and I'm not a Christian, I'm not a believer, I'm just doing that out of ego. I'm doing that out of the applause from, from man. I'm not doing that out of service to God because I don't know God. I don't, I'm not a believer. I'm not a follower of Christ. See, the, So the participant is someone who's, as the Bible calls us, set apart. Okay? We're different. Paul is writing, to, again, to the church here at Ephesus. So he's, so he's talking to believers. And I want you to understand this. He's not talking to the Lions Club. Now, the Lions Club does some good stuff. You know? He's not talking to the Ruatan Club. Ruatan people do a good job. They do some good things for kids. He's not talking to the Shriners. Shriners Hospital. Thank God for the Shriners Hospital. But that's not who he's talking about. Talking to. He's not talking to the Boy Scouts. He's not talking to the Girl Scouts. He's not talking to the 4-H Club. He's not talking to the Tuesday morning senior adult ladies tea group. Even though they do great things, I'm sure. He's talking to believers. You see the difference? The participant in the activity of worship is so important to remember. And so my point is this. You nor I can participate in the activity of worship slash serve God if we don't know God, if we're not a believer, if we're not a Christian, if we're not a Christ follower. I love how 2 Corinthians 5.17 refers to to believers. Check this verse out. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. That's a pretty good definition of believer. If, if you're a believer, your life's new. Things are not the way they were. If you were to ask me, Daryl, who's the, who's the person that uh, is a good example uh, of, a new, of, a, of a, this verse for you? A new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. I would probably have to say my dad. Okay? Now, my dad was not a believer when I was growing up. He did not become a believer till later in life. And once he trusted Christ, man. Jesus power washed his soul. And he power washed his life. He's changed. He is nothing like he was when I was growing up. Okay? He is this new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. So there is a qualification to participating in the activity of worship. And that is a changed life. So the number one question for you today here is this. Uh, is, has my life been changed? Am I new creation? Has the old passed? Am I living in the newness that comes with the relationship with Christ? Is my life, does my life look, out, look like it's new? Does my life look like it's been transformed? 
Number two, the participant in the activity is important. So also is the preparation in the activity of worship. The preparation. In many things in our life, we prepare. We prepare, we prepare for a lot of things. I mentioned a moment ago that, you know, uh, Sandra and I now are now grandparents. I can't remember how far ahead of time Adam said, Daddy, we got everything packed, ready to go to the hospital. Got the car packed, the bags are packed. And I remember that time, you know, when, when we had our kids. Preparation, prepare. Tonight, some of you will prepare for work tomorrow. Some of you won't. <laughs> Some of you will. Some of us prepare for hobbies. Some of us prepare our kids for school. We just don't wake them up two minutes before we go out the door. Okay? We prepare. A lot of things in life that we prepare for. We prepare for retirement. We, pre- we prepare our kids to become adults. Okay, some of us do a good job with that. We should be preparing our marriages. We just finished the real marriage uh, series. We should be preparing our marriages to last till the last day. Till the last day. For those of you who are not married yet, your wedding day is not the most important day of your marriage. You need to know that. Your wedding, your last, the most important day of your marriage is the last day of your marriage because the last day of your marriage will will be defined by all the other preceding days of your marriage. So we prepare for a lot of things. We prepare for parties. We prepare for birthday parties. We prepare for Wedding showers. We prepare for uh, baby showers. We prepare for Christmas, right? We prepare for Thanksgiving. We prepare for a lot of things in life. We prepare for so many things in life. In order that they will succeed, that we will reach the goal. Okay? We have a, a, an end result. We have a goal that we want to reach, and it takes preparation to get there. So I want to ask you did, you, did you know that as a Christian, that as a Christian, God has prepared some things for you? He has prepared some things for you and I. He's prepared you for service in the church. That's what he's prepared you for. He has. He's prepared you for service in the church. Look at this verse from, again from Ephesians 2, verse 10. Love this verse. For we are God's workmanship. The word workmanship could be translated masterpiece. Masterpiece. You ever heard this said before? God doesn't make any junk. He doesn't. You are God's creation. You are God's workmanship. You are God's masterpiece. When we were created by God, he created each one of us uniquely. Uniquely with talents and gifts and abilities. Now, why would he give us those? To make money? To pat ourselves on the back? To see our name in print? To see our names up on the, in the bright lights? Mm, 
No. <laughs> nope. Why? We, were cre- we, were, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works. That is part of the workmanship. That is part of the masterpiece is to do good works. This is so important, the last part of this verse. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, I don't know about you, but that right there just blows my mind. (laughs) God prepared everything in advance before time, prepared in advance everything that's going to be going on this morning here at Day 3 Church and across churches, in, in churches across the world. He's prepared those in advance. In advance. This is how big God is. God knows the abilities, the workmanship of every believer. He knows it so well that he has each, in each church, he has those people there who, when they work together, the church is what God calls it to be. It is the church that Jesus died for. That is what you are. You are God's workmanship. You and I are God's masterpiece. Look at this verse here from 1 Peter chapter 2. You also, like living stones, are being, okay, it's a process, are being built into a spiritual house. Why? To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Now, what are our spiritual sacrifices that we can present to God? God, we do, there's no need, you do know this, because of Christ. There's no need to go uh, sacrifice and kill a dove, an ox, a goat, a sheep, a lamb. No need for more of that. Christ took care of all that sacrifice. So what can I sacrifice as a believer, as a holy priest? I'm a, I'm a masterpiece. I'm be, being built up into a spiritual house. What can I, what can you as a believer, offer as a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God? Easy answer. <laughs> Myself. Yourself. To the service of God. What are some of the things that a house offers? A spiritual What are some things a house offers? It offers comfort. It offers shelter. Okay? From, from lots of uh, you know, bad stuff. It offers protection. Those things are what a house offers. This house, me, this house, I'm to, to provide shelter. I'm to provide comfort. I'm to provide protection for the, in, in the lives of other people. I'm to provide care. I'm to provide love. I'm to provide kindness. You know why I'm to provide that? Again, because I'm God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works. You are as well if you're a believer. So how has God prepared you to be involved in the activity to worship him? How has God done that? Here's, your, here's a bullet point for this number two. How has he done it? Well, he's done it because you're called. 
That's how he's, how he's, how he's made that happen. You are called. Ephesians 1, 4, 4, 1 says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Again, same book of the Bible, writing to the same people, writing to the church, writing to Christians. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. The calling. I'm, I'm guilty. And I've heard ministers say this throughout my life. God called me into the ministry. Well, he did. God called me into the ministry. Well, let me share something with you. All of you are called into the ministry. <laughs> All of you. You may not, well, Daryl, I don't have REV in front of my name. Well, you may not. But you're still called into the ministry. You're still a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't stand up and preach. I don't lead worship. You may not. But your life your life, your 24-7 life is a ministry of the gospel. If you are a believer. If you are a believer. I love how this word calling could be, can be translated. It can be translated appointed or appointment. Appointed or appointment. As believers first, as members of Day 3 Church, you and I have an appointment. You and I have an appointment. God has appointed you, God has appointed me to serve in this church. Now, many of you have been coming to day three for a long time, which is cool, okay? And you are not aware of what I'm getting ready to tell you. Pastor Lynn and I revised our membership class recently, probably six months ago. What do you mean revised? Well, we changed some of the stuff in it. One of the, 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 to me, one of the most important changes that we made in our membership class is this. Members of Day 3 Church are, quote, expected to serve. Expected to serve. Maybe we need to reteach that class on a Sunday morning. Expected to serve. So the question is, are you being obedient to that call? If a, since believers are called, that's what Paul's saying here, as a believer, you're called of God. The question you and I need to ask, are we being obedient to this call? Are we obeying God's call in our life? Do you treat the appointment, again, that's the way you can translate this word called, do you treat the appointment uh, with God the way you do maybe a dentist appointment? I hate going to the dentist. Okay, I'll just tell you, I hate it. There's two people I hate giving my money to. The dentist and Uncle IRS. Okay? Two people I hate giving my money to. So if you're a dentist in the room, I apologize. Jesus loves you, but I'm struggling. <laughs> okay? Do you keep your appointments the way you the, in the same in the same lot or same way that you view your appointment of service to God? You're late. You keep putting it off. Some of you may have the attitude about going to the dentist. Well, I'll go to the dentist sometime. You know, I don't want to keep that appointment. So if you don't go to the dentist, you know, you'll just end up eating mashed potatoes and pudding all your life. 
So it's important that you keep those appointments. So you may be doing the same thing to God in your service for him here at, this, at, at day three. Just keep putting it off. Oh, I'll start serving. Daryl, I'll start serving day three church sometime when I feel like it or when my life slows down or when it's more convenient. <laughs> I'll start ushering sometime. I'll start teaching kids sometime. I'll start wiping nose, noses sometime. If not now, when? If not now, when? When will you start being obedient to the call that is on your life as a participant in the activity of worship? When? When? You and I have an appointment to serve him. It's appointed in your life. It is referring back to the verse, verse 10. In advance, in advance, God has prepared you to do good works. So in my logical mind, in my thinking, is that if God's prepared in advance for me to do something, I have an appointment to do it. Do you follow me? It's there. You have an appointment to serve him. Could it be that you are not being obedient to the call? And if you're not being obedient to the call, you're missing your appointment. And your appointment, get this, if you call day three home, your appointment, your calling is here to serve here. I would challenge you, I would urge you, don't miss your appointment. Don't miss out on this call. Not only does he prepare us by calling us, the second way that he prepares us is this. You're gifted. You're gifted. 1 Corinthians 2.17 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Why? For the common good. For the common good. I don't know if you are aware of this or not, but when Jesus changed your life, he gave you at least one spiritual gift. At least one. At least one. Some, some of us have more than one. But you have at least one. So why did Jesus give Daryl a gift? Why did Jesus give Nicole a gift? Why did Jesus give Gary a gift? Why did Jesus give Brandy a gift? For the common good. It's not for Daryl. It's not for Matt. It's not for Brandy. It's not for Gary. It's not for Sandra. It's not for Nicole. It's for the common good. Now, what's the common good? Okay, well, you've got to look at, we're in 1 Corinthians, so Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. He, again, he's writing to believers. The gift that I've been given, you've been given as a believer, is for the church. For everyone. Not for me. It ain't for me. That's not good English. It's not for me. It's not for me. The common good. Do you see that? Do you see that, that principle there? It is to be used for the benefit of others. Not to, hear this, not to be hoarded. Not to be kept 
to myself, not to be kept under a basket. Remember the song that Nicole sang? We are a city on a hill. We are the light of the world. We are. We got to let our light shine. We have to do this because this reason, the common good. For example, some of you have the gift of teaching. But you're not teaching. Hmm. You're not using your gift for the common good. For yourself. It's kind of selfish, don't you think? Some of you have the gift of encouragement. Some of you have the gift of mercy. Do you know you'd make a great greeter? But, oh, I don't want to encourage. I just, I don't, I just want to come to church and just sit down. Again, that's, you know, you're being selfish and you're sinning before God. Because you're keeping the gift or gifts that God's given you for yourself. And you're not giving them for the common good. Which is building up the kingdom, building up the church. That's what Paul is saying here. So if you have the gift of those gifts and you're, and you're not using them, I, know, I must. I got, I'm sorry. i got to ask the question. Why not? Why, not are, why aren't you using those gifts? Are you got me to piggy bank? You going to wait and use them, you know, a more appropriate time or, or around some different people? Or, you know, there I'm a great encourager at work, and you know, people come to me with their problems and and things such as that, and people know I'm a, you know, I'm a believer. But what about at church? What about here? Are you using those gifts here? You may have the gift of encouragement and mercy and you love your dog or cat. <laughs> Sorry, dogs and cats don't go to heaven. People do. And there's people who need encouragement. And there's people who need mercy. There are people in this room this morning who need to be encouraged. You want to know why I know that? Because chances are There's people in this room who live through hell this week. And if they cannot come to church, come to a church, day three church specifically, and experience some mercy and encouragement, where can they go to get it? Could it be possible that they didn't experience here today because you did not exercise your calling on your life. You did not exercise your giftedness in your life. And so if someone is here today and they lived through hell this week and you failed to be obedient, they received no encouragement today. Could it be possible that there's a child upstairs or a child in one of these preschool rooms here today who... Uh, who needed to be encouraged, who needed a pat on the back, who needed to have some mercy shown to them, who needed to know that God loves them, who needed to know that someone cares for them. Because this week, they've not heard the words 
I love you, or I care for you, or you can do this, or God loves you, or Jesus loves you. And you today were the person (laughs) that God, again, prepared in advance to do that. Are you following me here? And that child doesn't hear it today. Does that break your heart? It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Number three. The purpose. The purpose of the activity of worship. There's many things in our lives that have purpose. Many things in our lives that have purpose. There are things in our lives that do not have a purpose as well. I failed to see the purpose in a bag of rocks. You know, unless you're going to kill somebody. It has no purpose. I see, I, I failed to see the purpose of sitting and watching paint dry. Hey, I've told Dan Talbert, watching paint dry to me equals watching golf. Okay? Same thing. Okay? Another thing is that <laughs> you're gonna, some of you are going to hate me when I'm getting ready to say I fail to see the purpose of a cat. Okay? I do. I really do. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't like cats. I'm allergic to cats. Cats can kill Daryl. Okay? How can a cat kill Daryl? Daryl has asthma. Daryl's asthma equal, can equal Daryl's death. And cats causes an allerg- allergic reaction to Daryl. I got deathly sick one time because of a stupid, I mean, excuse me, a cat. Okay? So Daryl fails to see the purpose of a cat. Okay. But guess what? The good news is this. You have a purpose. I have a purpose in life. Purpose in the activity of worship. Your purpose is this. Serving God. Again, as I started, as I said earlier when I first began, I realize, I know, you are not here more than you are here at Day 3 Church. I understand that. I understand that you can serve God at church, excuse me, at work. I understand that you can serve God in the home. I understand that. I understand that you can serve God out in the community. I know all of that. But again, I will refer back to you, uh, call back to your memory. God died for the church. God didn't die for your work. Okay? God did not die for your work in the community. God died for the church. Serving at church has a purpose. Your activity of worship has a purpose. In fact, it has two purposes. Number one. To bring God glory. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says this. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. And live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So the deal is this. When you and I serve, we are basically imitators. Imitators of who? Imitators of Jesus. We're imitating and being an image of Christ himself, bringing glory to God. That is our number one purpose in life. Once we commit our lives to Jesus, our number one purpose in life 
is to bring glory to God. Not to make money, not to have a great job, not to have a big house, not to have tons of clothes in the closet, not to have well-behaved kids. That is not our number one purpose in life once we trust Jesus. Our number one purpose in life is to bring glory to God. And this verse right here tells us to imitate God. How can I imitate God? What does that look like? What does, it, what does it mean to imitate God? Well, I think, you know, we could probably go to a good source for that. Let's try Jesus. What did he say? Next verse. This is Jesus talking here. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served. No. <laughs> For anybody who deserved to be served, it was him. Amen? Jesus. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And give his life as a ransom for many. So being an imitator of God equals service. Jesus himself said, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen God. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. The same is true for you and I. Your purpose in your activity of worship is to bring glory to God. So I must ask the question, is that happening in your life right now? Serving God is not obligation. It's not. I get to do this. I don't have to do it. I get to do it. I get to be upstairs with kids every week. I don't have to do it. I serve out of love. I serve out of, of, of a desire to be obedient to God. It's, again, it is not an obligation. Talking about purpose. Talking about purpose. Now, I brought with me some of my toys that I use this time of year. Some of you know what this is. Gary Hamby does, excuse me, Gary Woods does, and so does Steve Hall. And maybe Mike Griffey. <laughs> this here is an owl call. What would you use an owl call for? I know Joy is dying to know. You use an owl call to locate a turkey. Okay? That's the purpose of this little thing right here. That's the only purpose for this is to locate a turkey. How do you locate a turkey with an owl call, Daryl? Well, this is called a locator call. First thing in the morning when it's breaking daylight, if I'm turkey hunting, I want to locate the turkey. So I blow the owl call. An owl and a turkey are enemies. A turkey will gobble to the sound of an owl, which tells Daryl the turkey's over there. It's a locator call. That's the purpose of this call is to locate the turkey and owl call. I'm not going to blow it. Sandra says amen. <laughs> this is not a duck call. It looks like a duck call, but it is not a duck call. This is a crow call. Daryl, do you crow hunt too? No. Nope. This also has the purpose of locating turkeys. 
turkeys and crows are enemies. Crows will destroy a turkey's nest. Eat the eggs if they find it. Turkeys will gobble to the sound of a crow. Again, its purpose is to help me locate the turkey. That's its purpose. It's not just to hear Daryl sound like a crow. I could make your ears ring with this thing. But again, I will not do that. You're welcome. Okay, next thing. This here is what is known as a slate call. Okay? It is a slate call. I can sound like a girl turkey with this thing. I can't by myself. But with this, I can. But you know what? I can't run my fingers across that and sound like a girl turkey. I can't use my nose to, or teeth or you know, lick it or anything like that to sound like a girl turkey. This has a purpose. But it is useless without this. Bertie, that is called what? A striker. A striker. A striker. It's a stick with got a handle on it, yeah. But I can use this to go across this slate right here and sound like a girl turkey. Okay? It has a purpose. You have a purpose. Excuse me while I pick up my crow call, because if I step on that and crack it, I will not be happy. But the turkeys will. Now, Daryl, why did you bring all that stuff? I brought those things to illustrate to you as insignificant as they are. They have a purpose. You, as someone that Jesus died for, you're significant. You have a purpose. You do. You have a purpose to bring God glory. That is your purpose in life. Once you trust Jesus, once you become a Christ follower, once you quit being a fan and start being a follower, your purpose is to glorify God. Running a close second to glorify God is this. Next one. Building up the church. Building up the church. Ephesians 4, same chapter, Paul says this, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. As each part, see that? As each part does its work. Each one of you who calls Day 3 home, each one of you who are a member here, have a part to play in the building up of this body of believers. Each of you, just like a ligament in your finger, is really important. Just like a ligament in your finger, you have a specific way, a specific place in the function and life of Day 3 Church. If you look at, the, at that verse, if we look at this verse right here, there's, there's some, a couple of verses, excuse me, a couple of words that I want to call attention to. Grows and builds. Grows and builds. Who's doing the growing here? The church. What, what's being built? 
the church. And you and I, as believers, have a role in that. The growth and the building of the church. How's that supposed to happen? How is that supposed to happen? How is that growth supposed to occur? How is that building supposed to occur if we fail in our responsibility to serve? I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It doesn't happen by accident. It happens by God using you and I as believers serving in the church. So I need to ask the question, is, is, if, you're, if you're presently serving, thank God for you. If you're not, why not? And if you're serving, is there more that you could do? You know, those who know me best know that I, I'm, at, I'm at times uh, straightforward in my thoughts, <laughs> in my opinion. Sometimes that's not good. So what I'm about to say... Uh, to those of you who, who know me best, probably is not going to surprise you. There's others here that uh, what I'm about to say uh, may ruffle your feathers or maybe even offend you. I heard someone say one time that the only people who are offended uh, are usually the people who are guilty. Yeah. So there might be many of you here today who've been coming to day three for some time, but you've not yet uh, joined. Uh, and not took that step to belong here. Uh, again, I want to thank you for coming. Thank you for your faithfulness. And I, I need to ask you, why haven't you taken that next step and become a part of this local body of believers? God wants you to say, if if you're not a member here and your membership is somewhere else, but you've been coming here faithfully, it's like clockwork. Again, thank God for you. But I want to tell you, God's desire for you is for you to settle down and 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 uh, belong somewhere and to serve him in a local church, whether that be here or somewhere else. That's really God's desire for your life. Okay, if you are a member here, but not serving in any capacity, why? Why not? Because I expect you to serve. Pastor Lynn expects you to serve. Because, see, he and I, John, Ken, uh, we, could, we can't do it all. We can't. We don't have all the gifts that when all the gifts are put together work for the common good. Okay? And, and if we could do it all, we can't. But if we could, you wouldn't, you would not be... Uh, obedient to God's call in your life. And that would be sin. So I must ask the question, when are you going to, if you're not serving, if you've been coming here for a long time, and I need to ask the question, when are you going to stop prostituting the church? Prostituting the church? Yeah. Because, see, you, you just come. You just take you just, you just take. You don't give. You don't participate. You're just there for the activity. You show up and watch. You might have some needs met. You don't contribute to the body. You only take. You may give money occasionally, which is cool. 
Do you think God needs your money? <laughs> no, God doesn't need your money. God wants your life. God wants your life. Giving money doesn't get you off the hook. It's not a substitute for serving God. You do know that. It's not a substitute for being obedient to God's call on your life to glorify Him and to, uh, to fulfill your giftedness by serving the local body. That's God's will. God expects you as a Christ follower to be about growing and building the kingdom, not taking and using His church to meet your needs. Now, I know... All of us have needs. And if you come on Sunday morning and God meets a need that you have uh, here, that's wonderful. But again, it's not all about you. Could, could God possibly meet a need in my life by me actually serving someone else? Oh, yes. Yes. Wow. Amazing. That sounds like God, don't it, Matt? It does. God can meet your needs by serving others. He can. He's big enough to do that. I, heard, I said this a long time ago because I haven't been up here. I haven't been able to say it since. God saved you to serve. You were saved to serve. Again, it wasn't you know, just for yourself. That is your activity of worship is service to God. Worship is more than singing a song. Jill and Zach did a phenomenal job. But worship is more than singing a song. It is. It's so much more. This I say Monday, Monday or Tuesday, the pastor sent me a, an email. And it, it might be in a text. It doesn't matter. Uh, of a picture from last week's service. And I'm pretty sure that Andrew or somebody took it up there in the sound booth because that's the angle of the picture. And uh, it was a wonderful picture. of. Uh, if you were here last Sunday, uh, you may have been in the picture. And what the picture was is people that were gathered around the, the altar here worshiping on their knees. Gosh, that was beautiful. It was a beautiful picture. I thank God when I seen that picture. But guess what? As awesome as that is, God expects more. God doesn't expect us to stay on our knees all the time worshiping him. We got to get up. We got to move. We're a participant. He's prepared us. We have a purpose not to stay on our knees, not to stand in here lifting our hands as important as that is, as wonderful that is, as that is, it is. I'm not minimizing the importance of all that. What I'm saying is worship is so much more than just in here. It's out there where you find yourself 24-7. It is in these classrooms with children on Sunday morning. Worship is leading worship here. Worship is serving in the nursery. Worship is ushering. Worship is greeting. Worship is standing out there at the highway in an orange vest telling people come on. That's worship. Because you're serving. That's the activity of worship. 
serving God. So, what is your next step today? I am so glad you asked. Your next step today is to ask yourself this question. Am I serving? Am I serving God? Does my life look like a servant? Some people, when people see my life, do they see the life of a servant? Again, they can see that at work, which is wonderful. They can see that in the home, which is wonderful. But do you just come on Sunday morning here and just sit down? Do you participate in worship by serving? By serving. Again, we're to be imitators. So your next step could be volunteering. If you're not presently serving, that is your next step, to volunteer. And serve. Next Sunday at 4 o'clock, upstairs, Elaine Talbert and I will be having guest services training for ushers, for greeters, and for parking lot parking lot people. If you would have any interest in serving, volunteering in those areas, you need to be here next Sunday at 4 o'clock. The following Sunday at 4 o'clock upstairs, I will be uh, having a class going over training about serving in our kids' ministry. Our kids' ministry. What that looks like. What does that mean? Well, you just go babysit kids, don't you? Kids' ministry is not babysitting. I'm sorry. It's not. Okay? Because we're talking about somebody's soul here <laughs> that Jesus died for. It's not just babysitting. It has eternal importance. That's the following Sunday. Our activity of worship I love this verse, can be found right here in this verse from Romans 12. Therefore, again, same author, it's Paul talking. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is, he doesn't say this is possibly, this is maybe, this is, your spiritual act of worship. What is my spiritual act of worship? Well, you go back and say, it is that I live as a living sacrifice. So are you offering yourself as a living sacrifice to God? Is your life a spiritual act of worship? What is your next step today? If you're currently not volunteering, if you're currently not serving, I will say again, why? Does God really understand why? Is God not bigger than your why? My God is. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we could be here today. Lord, we thank you that we 
had the opportunity to share your word today. We thank you that we could serve you. That we could serve you out of joy. Out of a thankful heart, God. Of what you've done for us. What you do for us daily. Lord, help us never to lose sight that we get to do this. Lord, help us to never have the belief and thought that it's an obligation or a job. But Lord, it is a calling. It is a privilege to serve you. Lord, help us to remember that you've prepared us You've called us, God, and you've gifted us. God, help us remember we have a purpose. All of us have a purpose, God, to the common good of Day 3 Church. To build up your name, your glory, God, and to build up your kingdom here on earth. Lord, as we come to this time of response, Lord, I just ask that you help us to be obedient to what you're saying to our hearts into our lives today. Which in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Up here on the stage is a booklet called A Contagious Servant. Day three's volunteering and partnership culture. In this little booklet, it has a list of all the different ways that you can be involved in serving at Day Three Church. Well Darrell, I don't know where to get started. Here's your start. Here's your start. This may be your next step. Just take this, and I ask you to take one for family. Take this, look through it, and pray through it. Say, God, where would you like me to serve? Where could I serve at, God? Could it be the traffic team? Could it be with helping with coffee on Sunday mornings? Could it be childcare? Could it be our student ministry? Could it be serving in our worship team ministry? Numerous, numerous ways that you can serve here at Day 3 Church. Maybe that's your next step. I will be here as Jill leads us in this song. If you need to speak with me about volunteering, I would love to. If you need to speak with me about what it means to be a member of Day 3 Church, I would love to. If you need to speak with me about being a Christian, I would be so happy and delighted to talk with you or have someone else to talk with you about what it means to be a believer, to be a follower of Jesus. But you do have a next step today. All of us do. The question is, are we going to take it? Are we going to take that step? Are we going to be obedient? That's the bottom line. You stand. You are listening to Sermon Audio from Day 3 Church. If you have any questions about God, faith, or our church, email us at info at dayfreechurch.com. And for more information, find us on the web at dayfreechurch.com.